Sari Mehu grew up in Indonesia. And in the year 1992, he began to prepare for his death, and so he bought a tombstone. And actually, it was rather fitting because at that time, he was already 122 years old. Nonetheless, he continued to live until about three years ago. And according to his claims and the records of his nation on his birth, he was born in the year 1870 and died at 146 years old. This was never verified, but nonetheless, it, it was a long lifespan. There are those who live a long life. Uh, we still see the, the longest record of someone verified to have lived as 122 years in modern times. The current oldest living person is a woman in Japan at the age of 117. Pretty long life. And of course, we see in scripture that in ancient times, there were those who lived far longer lifespans. Scientists will say that the human body is capable of living far longer than we do. They say that perhaps even people born today could be living 150, perhaps even over 200 years. See, what sets us back, they say, is our genes are set to a shorter time span. But what matters in life is not how long we live. No, we, we know what matters is far more important than that. It's the heart that we live with. Today, we consider once again another psalm during this season of end times as we look at the psalm of Moses, Psalm 90. Moses was a man who lived a long time, 120 years, and yet he understood that's still pretty short. And the span of one's life is not what matters. So today, as we look at the Psalm of Moses, we see him teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Certainly, generations come and go quite quickly. In fact, the brevity of life and the number of people who came before and those who will come after can make us feel like we can make very little influence on this world. Life comes and goes and life is short. But Moses begins with a, a comfort for us here, that there is a constant. Though many generations will come and pass and go, God remains. He says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Though time will ebb and go and people will die, God remains constant. Before the world was ever formed and the mountain shaped and God brought forth this universe from everlasting to everlasting, he is God. And he remains our constant dwelling security throughout every generation of this world. But that same God who is our dwelling place, our source of security, is the one who does pronounce death. Make no mistake, God is not uninvolved or inactive in the process of death. Death is not merely an instruction miswired in our genes for our condition. Death is not something natural that we simply must try to outrun until it catches up to us. No, death is the pronouncement of God on the sinner. He says here, You grind people to dust, and you say, Return, children of Adam. Death is God's pronouncement on the sons and daughters of Adam. 
Adam, who was created in God's image to be holy and righteous, sinned against his creator. And the just pronouncement was given to him, dust you are and to dust you will return. And that curse of sin is placed upon all the sons of Adam and daughters of Adam as we too faced and must face God's decree of death. And this decree of death reminds us of how short life is. For us, life can sometimes drag on, but in the end it's short. For God, years and thousands of years are but like a day that's gone by or like a mere watch in the night. But for us, even our best of years seem so short. We are swept away like a flood, like grass which changes quickly. In the morning, our life sprouts up and grows, but by evening it's cut down and withered. Why is this brevity of life? Why this mortality that's put upon us? It's because of the fury and anger of God over sin. Surely, we are consumed by your anger and by your wrath terrified. Something that every sinner have to, has to acknowledge is we die and we face the toil and the sorrows of this life because of God's wrath and fury over sin. And we might think that with a friend we can maybe lie and cover and hide that sin or with some people we can kind of make it seem like our sin is no big deal but not with our God. Here we see, you have laid out our guilty deeds in front of you. Our hidden sins are revealed in the light of your face. You cannot escape God. And you cannot escape his wrath over sin. You know, it's been said that there are two things which are inevitable, inevitable, which are death and taxes. Well, you probably can evade the government and you can probably cheat on your taxes, but you can't cheat on covering your sins in the light of God's face. They stand exposed under the light of his microscope and he sees even our hidden sins revealed before him. And every sin is an offense against our God. We face life with his fury and we finish our life with a sigh. Our days might add up to 70 or 80 years or maybe longer, but in the end, they're filled with trouble and sorrow and we die. And it's all because of this, the wrath and anger of God. Sometimes we might try to downplay our sin or God's wrath over sin, but he is the everlasting God. He is eternal and holy. Our offenses and our sins stand in his presence, who is beyond and outside of the scope of time. And he deals with them in this way of punishing sin. And we remain everlastingly under his wrath. Verse 11 reads, Who can understand the power of your anger? But your fury is consistent with the fear that is owed you. We owe God everything. He owns and gave us everything. And so what we owe him is everything. That's how great his fear is owed. So how do we respond? Many people try to number their days by accumulating wealth and counting the number of days that they can find pleasure and their own satisfaction in life. They try to number their days by what they have or maybe even by how long they can live 
a fulfilling life. But it is foolishness. It's a heart of foolishness to think that that's what life amounts to. Merely attaining wealth and counting the number of things that you have. We need to see where we stand. So Moses' response to our mortality and his response to the wrath of God over our sin is this. Teach us to number our days in such a way that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Since we are so foolish to number our days and so slow to see the wages of sin is death and the fury of God over sin, Moses says, Lord, teach us. Teach us to number our days in the right way, to gain a heart of wisdom. Numbering our days in the right way is to see the inescapable wrath of God that we are powerless ourselves to overcome. To number our days correctly is to see how foolish it is to chase after the, the wealth of this world and to count the number of days that we can find fulfillment in and to ignore what awaits us, the judgment of God and his fury over sin. To number our days is to rightly see how we stand with them under the wrath of God. But to number our days is to gain a heart of wisdom Wisdom which makes us wise for salvation. Moses includes in his prayer here, Turn, O Lord. When we number our days and gain a heart of wisdom, we plead to the God who is everlasting to turn his fury and his wrath. And we say, Satisfy us in the morning with your mercy. A word which is often translated also, Your unfailing love. We gain a heart of wisdom as we see the brevity of life and the curse of sin and the wrath of God and we turn to God asking for his mercy and to find satisfaction not in numbering our days and gaining our own things but in God and his mercy and satisfying us with his love. Moses says, that satisfies that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you afflicted us, for as many years as we've seen trouble. God, in mercy, gives us gladness and reason to sing. Though life is filled with trouble and sorrow and ends in death, we can now, under God's mercy, sing for joy and be filled with gladness, satisfied with his mercy and love. Moses says, Let your deeds be seen by your servants and your majesty by their children. He starts off asking God, praising God and recognizing him as a refuge, a dwelling place from generation to generation. Now Moses concludes the psalm in the same light, saying, let generation after generation see your deeds. For this world, it might have seemed like so long, as generation after generation passed, thousands of years, but God answers and he makes his deeds known to his servants and to their children. He shows his majestic works. Though it may have seemed like so long, for God, those thousands of years of waiting were but a watch in the night. He kept his promise. When the time had fully come, God sent his son. And though Jesus, the son of God, from everlasting to everlasting is God, he was clothed in human flesh. And he walked among us, fully human. And Jesus, as true human, showed the deeds of God. 
as he proclaimed the words of God. He taught the people to number their days and to gain a heart of wisdom. And he made his deeds known as he healed the sick, as he drove out demons, and even as he raised the dead. And the greatest deeds of our God were made known as he came, Jesus, the everlasting, from everlasting, true Son of God, came to walk among us and to face that fury and that wrath which we deserved for our sin. In order that we might not be a subject to God's wrath and fury and terrified of his anger, Jesus took it upon himself on the cross. And the holy, perfect Son of God faced the everlasting pain and suffering that we deserved once for all. And he faced the death that we deserved. Only Jesus did not return back to the dust. He had not come from the dust. He had come from heaven. And he rose to life in glory so that in the morning on the third day, he could satisfy his people with his mercy and bring them forgiveness and eternal life the promise that they would be with him forever, that those who trusted in him as their dwelling place, generation after generation, would find security, would find mercy. May the kindness of the Lord our God rest upon us. His kindness does rest on us and will continue to rest on us. That same Jesus who died and was laid in the dust of death rose again in victory. That same Jesus will come again and he will speak to all the sons and daughters of Adam who are in the dust. And he will say, return from the dust back to life and he will raise all the dead and all his servants who trusted in him will be satisfied on that morning with his mercy. And we will sing for joy in his presence as he restores us to be with him forever, generation after generation, to be with the everlasting God in his everlasting kingdom. The favor of our God will rest on us. Yes, it can seem like because life is so short and because generations seem so fleeting that we can make very little influence in this world. But Moses' prayer concludes, that the work of our hands might be established by God. That God who taught us to number our days, to number our days under his mercy and love as released from the wrath, might now establish the work of our hands to teach others. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. You don't think that you can make an influence with your short life? I'll look to the God who has taught you to number your days. Moses desires that the majesty of the Lord be known to your children and to the next generation, generation after generation. Through the proclamation of God's word and the working of our hands today, generations continue to see that the Lord is our dwelling place. And we continue to teach others with his word to gain a heart of wisdom as they too number their days under God's mercy, rescued from his wrath. Sadi Mehu did not have to really live 146 years or even 120 years, whatever it might have been. 
he knew it didn't matter how long he lived. He died, numbering his days right, as a Christian who trusted in the Lord, the God who had been a dwelling place for him and for every generation who turned to him. It's the same for us. It doesn't matter how many days you live. It doesn't matter what you accomplish by your own hands. What matters is that God teaches you to number your days, to see your days as those which had been under his fury and his wrath because of sin, but now under his favor and mercy because of his unfailing love. And now he establishes the work of our hands so that our children and every generation from everlasting to everlasting might know he is God and his favor rests upon us today when he returns, when we rise from the dust and forever. Amen.